0: Love Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Wait, is it Monday? It is Monday. <laughs> oh, I am too late, and apparently I don't know how to work a calendar. You know, that's the beautiful thing about doing what I do and living where I live is that I never really know what day it is. <laughs> it's all just this one big, beautiful process. So happy Monday to you, and uh, I am coming to you today from Flagstaff, Arizona, up in up in my little cabin in the mountains, and uh, it is an incredibly beautiful day. I don't know where you are or what it's feeling like there, but we have had the most beautiful, cool temperatures. It's uh, already beginning to feel like fall. It's fabulous. So, well, our show is called The Light of Truth, and it's... Um, just kind of a way to shine light on some things that maybe you didn't look at before, perspectives perhaps you hadn't seen before, that kind of thing. And I do definitely welcome people calling in. And uh, the number is 347-677-1443. And, you know, comments, questions, whatever you have, if you'd like to chat with us on on topic preferably. And uh, we do also have the chat uh, function going today, we. You know, I always say we and my son makes so much fun of me because I'm the only one here. <laughs> but you know, I'm so used to working with my angels and these these beautiful beings that work with me all the time that I they're just my friends. They've been here my whole life, and and so I'm always a we instead of a me. It's kind of funny. So we are working the chat thing, although they're not very good at the typing on the on the keyboard. We got to work on that. <laughs> so. Anyway, so we all say good morning to you, and today our topic is going to be uh, growing up psychic, and uh, so I would love some input from other people if you've had experience with this, um, or if you are raising psychic kids, or whatever, you know, even teachers, and oh, healthcare professionals, and all kinds of people, you know, we all interact with kids in one way or another at some point, and so... It's something that we need to understand because there are more and more beautifully psychic kids coming into the world every single day, and they're misunderstood. And so today I'm just going to talk about my childhood, growing up psychic, and I'm, I'm really going to be truthful about it, you know, hence the name truth. And so you may it's not just going to be fluff, it's going to be for real. So, uh, you know, and questions and comments, welcome always. So what is it like to grow up psychic? What is it like to be a psychic kid? And uh, I would venture to say that more people than not know what it's like to be a psychic kid because in reality we are all psychic. It's just that we aren't aware of it in most cases or it's just drummed out of us. Uh, You know, not drummed out of us because it can't ever come out, but just, you know, kind of shut down over the years by different people who don't understand, who have had it shut down in them. And so <clears throat> I was, I'll, I'll say I was blessed to be born into a family that was experimenting with their psychic side and their mystical side. Um, but the reality is that we pick where we come into, you know. So, so, yes, I was blessed to have been born into that family for that reason. Um, the reality is that that's the family I chose because I wanted to come into a family where I was continuing my normal way of life at least to the to the extent that i would be able to and still have the life lessons that i had you know and uh because there's always lesson, there's always lessons that we want to learn so um okay and that may be a different that may be a different concept for people is that you choose the family you come into but you do because you have these life lessons you want to learn and you have these experiences that, on a soul level, you would like to experience, and you have your role in other people's paths and their lessons and that kind of thing, and so we sort of make contracts or agreements with these other souls, then we come into these families, and we have those experiences and and so that's really what families are all about on a soul level, you know, uh, but somehow, once we come in here, we kind of forget all that um, so so I chose this family that you know, I'm I'm pretty now. My mom is gone; she's passed on, and my dad. We don't speak; we haven't spoken for years, um, and so my biological dad and uh, I have my father-in-law. I kept in the divorce, and he's passed on now. But I refer to him as dad, so that can be a little confusing. Uh, but the father that I grew up with, um, I'm pretty sure his his thing was that he wanted to piss off his his Catholic parents. And so he would go to every psychic development thing, every meditation thing, everything that was as far out there as he could possibly get because he was really rebelling against his parents. And so, um, you know, I got to go with him because I was an only child and they didn't want to pay for a babysitter. So, so I went to all of these things with him. So I've been literally training all my life. And I do see we have a caller already, so I, I will pull you over in just a second so you can comment. Um Area Code two one oh, I'll pull you over in just a moment. Um I just wanted to let you know that I see you and acknowledge you. So and then my mother was very curious, she's a very wise woman and uh and she was brought up in a very mainstream, very mainstream family. And so she was genuinely attracted to this kind of thing and genuinely had this beautiful, beautiful wisdom within her, and so between the two of them, I really got this amazing experience. Because although my father was really only going to kind of cheese people off, I think my mom was going because she really was just absorbing it all like a sponge. And so my mom and I would kind of practice things and play together, and it was kind of neat when you know we'd play very different games, which we'll talk about uh, later in the show. And and so it was kind of an interesting experience growing up. So it was not the normal household. Even when we went to church, we went to religious science, and it was a a very progressive religious science, which is um, Louise Hay has now really made that very popular. Not, not Christian science and not Scientology, but religious science. <laughs> Big difference. And uh, so that also gave me a little bit different perspective on the world than most people had. So so we'll be talking about these things. I am going to go ahead and pull our caller over from area code 210 and see what it is they would like to share with us or ask. Hi, can you tell us your name?
1: Hi, my name
0: I'm sorry, you broke up. Your name is what?
1: Oh, my name is Mike. Sorry. I had you on okay. the speaker for a second. It sounds better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So what brings you to our show and what do you have to share with us or do you have questions
2: or
1: I hey, do you have questions and um, well before I ask the main question that I wanted to ask um, are you intuitive in
0: any way <laughs> yes I am <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I am one of those I am one of those freaky Sedona psychic
2: psychics
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay yeah I I am a psychic by trade that's what I one of the things that I do. So, did you have? Did you want like a little mini, a little mini intuitive session?
2: Yeah, that would be great
1: if you don't mind. I, I found your show and I thought, oh, this one looks nice. I just the name of it, and so I clicked <laughs> and I called the so
0: Okay, well, fabulous. yeah, sometimes we'll do that. Just I'll do onesies, twosies, kind of here and there, just for fun. So, so now, what is your question? And can I ask you? Are you somebody who is because um, I feel like you're psychically sensitive, whether you're aware of it or not.
1: Right, Sorry. I am. Um, I and it'll it'll come and go. I'm still developing that. Um right. Some things will come to me uh, here and there, but I can't answer my own questions,
0: which is very odd. Right.
1: Um I'm still kind of in the training process of of opening up my third eye and becoming more intuitive.
0: Nice. Very nice. Well, in today's show, we're talking about growing up psychic, so it may be something that you find interesting because I have a feeling you grew up psychic. Whether Again, whether okay. you knew it or not. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that's the thing is a lot of times we just don't even, we don't even know. I didn't realize until I was about 30 that everybody else didn't experience the world the way I did. It really took some some of my students hammering it into my head that, that not everybody, because we don't even know when we just see it so naturally, we have no idea we're doing anything. So, and I feel like that's kind of, kind of what happens with you. So, okay. So, what would be your question then, sir?
1: Um, it's in regards to love. Um, okay. I'm I'm seeing this guy right now, and obviously there was a miscommunication on someone's end, or I don't know if what he's telling me is just because out, out of fear. Um, Do you need more information?
0: Mm, I don't think so. Um, Just think of the person's name. You don't have to say it, but just think of the person's first name so that I can connect with that energy definitely so I'm not connecting with other people's energy. Okay, so I am picking up... um, that there is a lot of fear on this other person's end and that it's like a what i'm getting <laughs> what i'm getting is a vision of a cat that somebody's trying to put into a bathtub you know the cat may really need the bath it may be really good for the cat <laughs> to have the bath but it's just completely freaked out by the water you know and uh and so that's the vision that i'm seeing and i do pick up that there are um some that there has been input from, and it's feeling like more like just one person than like a whole bunch of people, but it feels like there's input being, being given. That's not really um, appropriate, but this other person is, um, is so out of sorts with kind of, they're not coming to terms with things themselves. And and so they're looking for outside reinforcement of what they would prefer to have be the reality. Does this make sense?
1: Um, kind of. When you're talking about this other person, you're referencing to the guy, correct?
0: Right, yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, guy kind of gets you, i was like, wait, hold on.
0: <laughs> Sorry about that. Yes, the cat heading into the bath is the other guy. <laughs> but, okay. but I'm feeling like there's somebody that's thinks they know best and they're and it's just gossipy kind of stuff almost it's really um, but it feels like um it feels like this the other guy is um is just running from his own truth, and there's not really much that can be done about that. it just has to be um something where you step back or you do whatever feels right to you but but forcing the issue is like forcing that cat into the bath right okay yeah at this point I just think
1: it's best to step back i mean i don't want to force him into anything
0: right yeah and it feels like that the realization once every like once once there's no focus upon it anymore, once everything is just let go, then the realization can start sinking in. But for right now, the way how things are right now, that realization is not able to sink in because he's so busy fighting everything,
1: Does so you feel like it will at some point
0: i yeah i do yeah i think I think it will if everything is just kind of left alone and he's allowed to go through his own process in his own way. And it may be that whatever is going on right now, it kind of feels like whatever is going on right now was sort of a trigger that needed to be hit so that his process could continue, made him aware of some things, whether he's wanting to look right now or not. But but it feels like um, like if it's just left alone, then that process can continue within him because he won't be rebelling against it. Okay. Does that makes sense? Perfect. Okay. It does. Awesome.
1: <laughs> it does it does. And you were talking about uh, psychic abilities actually, and I remember when we were talking um me and the sky, he had mentioned something about a coworker and out of nowhere I was just like, Oh, was she wearing a blue shirt? You know, it was like a dark blue and
0: Yeah, you're very you know, like, intuitive. Yeah. I can feel it. You're very psychic. Absolutely. like, yeah, how did you know that? I was like, I don't know. it's just a guess. <laughs> so one of the things that I am going to say to you is that um, I can feel that because you are so intuitive and you're not in tune with how to handle it necessarily in a healthy way, you um, you want to first and foremost find ways of keeping your energy nice and clear and stay oh, away from massive drops. right now and I'm laughing because it's like
1: I... <laughs> take up on other people's energy.
0: Yeah, you're very empathic, and so you need to find a way to um, to keep your energy nice and clear. Saltwater baths are phenomenal. So, especially okay. like sea salt, sea salt or Epsom salt. If you can't find sea salt, Epsom salts work great because it actually pulls the excess energy out of your body, like the excess electric energy, not not like your adrenals and stuff. But but uh okay. you need to do that because you have you have the uh because you don't have the understanding but you have the ability you have the likelihood for um sort of entities to kind of come in and influence you and influence the people around you and that kind of thing and you don't really want to attract that so if you keep your energy nice and clear you're not attractive to them just kind of think of it as like like wiping the table down so that it doesn't the old food doesn't get flies <sighs> It's kind of the same thing with your energy. Am I able your to energy? actually
1: mix bath salts with like scented bath salts that I have, or sea yeah. salt with scented bath salts that I have? Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, um, I don't know if you ever end up in the Sedona area, or where where are you where are you located? Like, what area of the country are you located at?
1: I'm in San Antonio, which is in Texas.
0: Okay, so. Um, I know that I'm going to be doing a tour at some point, probably in October, sometime. So you may want to mysticaltruth.com is my website. I teach a class called Angel Meet and Greet, and that's what I'll be taking around the around probably the the southeast. Um, and that's one that it's a life changer for people like you because it teaches you how to communicate directly with your angels, how to keep your energy nice and clear, and and by the time you leave, you've actually Uh, It's called Angel Meet and Greet because you actually meet each of your angels individually and communicate with them. And when you leave that class, you know how to do that, how to get yes and no answers, everything for yourself. So when you're saying you can't get your own answers, I teach you how to get your own answers. And and so it's kind of neat because you're very self-empowered. Huh? Sorry? The website, I'm sorry. It's mysticaltruth.com. And uh, right now my son is building me a very nice professional one because this is the one that I, uh, I attempted to build.
1: <laughs> so just okay. keep in mind that I I'm a mystic, not a web you designer. let know, but you're on that.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, mysticaltruth.com. And so the, the, it's functional. It's just not as pretty as it will be. Um, and so I do have a calendar on there that I'll be updating as soon as I set the dates and the places. But I think I will be stopping in Texas somewhere. Um, at least one, maybe two different places on my way out to uh, the southeast. So, it, but that's something that you may, you may want to come to Sedona.
1: Sorry,
0: and where's her? Yes, I'm in Sedona. And so you may find that you want to uh, journey to Sedona at some point too. So if you do, um, you know, you can always, uh, you can, you know, follow me on here or Facebook with me or whatever, and the link to Facebook is there. And if you do happen to come to Sedona, we'll set up a, an angel meet and greet for you. Like I have people that fill in as other students. And uh, so we can do them on demand for people too. So just something to think about. Because I think Arizona? that would be good for you. Arizona, yep. Oh, have you never heard of Sedona, Arizona?
1: No, I never have. That's why I was Googling oh, it right now. Uh,
0: you, you want to Google Sedona, Arizona because it's a place for you to journey to. It's, uh, yeah. it's kind of a spiritual Mecca. So, yeah. yeah.
1: I, so, never, okay. I've never
0: heard of Sedona. I'll look into that. Well, definitely Google it. Check it out because I feel like it's a place for you along your path, probably early on your, or early on in your path. So, um, you know, so check it out whether you come see me or not. Sedona is definitely a place for you to, to go spend a few days and, uh, just get to, it's a it's an amazing place. It's where the shaman used to journey to and still do probably, but, you know, people have come in now. So anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and go back to topic <laughs> and hopefully no you'll you. be able to listen in because I think it's probably good for you. But if not, the archives are always there. So, all right. Thanks for calling in. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Okay. So that's so, that's so nice. I love when people call in. So, okay, so we're going to get back to topic now, and our topic is growing up psychic. And uh, so one of the things that that I wanted to talk about is, you know, when I was little, when I was very little, I had what everybody refers to as imaginary friends, right? Well, I don't know if you all have ever seen the movie Drop Dead Fred. If you haven't, it's a really good movie. It's hysterical, and it's so... Uh, it's so spot on. Clearly whoever wrote that movie had imaginary friends growing up. And uh and so it's it's a it's one that I really love to watch sometimes because it's just uh it reminds me of my childhood a little bit. And uh so when I was a kid I would have these imaginary friends and my, my father was a pilot and a jazz musician and he raced motorcycles. So in other words, I was always someplace where nobody could hear me. I was either at motorcycle races in the back of an airplane or in a sidecar on a, on a motorcycle or in the back of the motorcycle or whatever. And uh, so I I really just had to learn how to entertain myself. I was an only child and I was always in these situations where nobody could hear me. And I was definitely raised with that um, children should be seen and not heard sort of uh, thinking, you know, and, uh, and so it was, I guess that's why I just developed this really good relationship with my angels, and so I would just play with my angels all of the time. And I didn't know that they were angels. I didn't know that not everybody knew they were there. I firmly believed they were just my friends. They didn't—they didn't have bodies, but they were there in my head. And I suppose these days they probably would medicate me for that. But you know, they were clear personalities, and and you know, and then there'd be. You know, for some reason, my my parents and I because they're gone, I don't have a way of asking them why. But for some reason, my parents, when we would travel and we traveled a lot, they would go to uh, cemeteries and look through the different headstones and that kind of thing. And from what I remember, it was because uh, it was always the really old ones that we went to. It was more of a historical thing, you know, just kind of being fascinated with the people and and like what did the what did the headstones say about their lives and just really acknowledging. To me, it was like this acknowledging of their lives. It was kind of neat. It wasn't a creepy thing at all. Um, but when we would go through the cemeteries, I would learn history from from the people who were still there, right? So so there there are people who just kind of hang out with their bodies because they don't – a lot of them are waiting for, like, that second coming of Christ and all that stuff that they were taught about. They don't know – what the next step is. And so they'll just kind of hang out or it may be spouses or whoever waiting for the next one to, for their spouse to come as well. And maybe they just kind of missed each other in the ethers over there on the other dimension. But so as a kid, I would go through and I would talk to these people and I would learn history from these people and they would tell me about their lives. And, and so I'm sure my parents thought I was just making up stories But in fact, I was hearing about these people's lives. I could tell them all about, you know, so-and-so that we're looking at, this was his life. This was what, you know, he was doing this and he worked at this and he, you know, had these kids and I could tell them the whole story. And I know they thought I just had a really good imagination, but in fact, um, I was hearing from the souls, you know. And then because my dad was a jazz musician and very, very talented, um, we would you know we would go to new orleans a lot and this was way back in the day before katrina and all of that back when new orleans was still new orleans or should i say nolans <laughs> um be respectful <laughs> Nolens. um and so those beings would talk to me there and i would learn history and i would and they became my friends because we were there so often and i i can remember i would sit under the tables in the in the jazz clubs and stuff because it was I could just sit down there and I could just talk with my friends and my parents thought I just was making things up and whatever and just having fun and entertaining myself and that was great but I was talking with these souls all the time and they were my friends because I was an only child and and so I developed this um, this relationship with other dimensions that I didn't know not everybody I didn't I didn't realize that everybody was not doing this you know And so um, it just became a normal way of life for me. So when I would interact with teachers, when I would interact with people at church, when I would interact with whoever it may be, their angels or the souls around them would tell me things about their life. And I would kind of blurt things out not knowing that I wasn't supposed to know. And it seemed, you know, I would get in trouble because it was horribly inappropriate and how dare I say such a thing. And, you know, and sometimes it would be sort of, Uh, very inappropriate kind of stuff for a little kid, you know, but I didn't know any better. And so, um, you know, it was, you know, this was back in the, you know, I was born in 65. So we're talking like early seventies, that kind of thing. And, you know, I would realize that somebody was gay or I would realize that somebody was doing drugs or I would realize whatever it is, or that they had some kind of legal issue that they weren't telling anybody about. And, uh, and so, hello on the chat room. Hi. (laughs) So glad you joined us. So, um, you know, my parents would ground me because I'm saying these things that are so out of place and inappropriate. And, you know, I can remember that there was, um, there was a banker somewhere along the line when I was very little, I was very young and, and this banker was very corrupt and just not a nice man, but he appeared to be Mr. Stand up perfection. And, you know, everybody's good guy. And, and so I remember looking at him and saying it was I don't remember what I said, but it was that I saw that he was playing uh, pretend and dress up, that that's not really who he was. And why didn't he ever show us who he really was? And I described who he really was, how he was. Um, I didn't see him dress so nice. He was dressed kind of creepy and and he wasn't actually as nice to people as he was pretending to be. Why was he pretending to be one way when he was really another and I mean, I was probably six, five or six when this was happening. So I really didn't know. It wasn't accusatory. I was just genuinely asking. And I can remember I got spanked. <laughs> I got spanked so hard and uh, and grounded and everything else. And so, um, you know, these kids, part of the reason we're doing this show, and we're going to run out of time, so we may do more of that this week. We may kind of focus on this this week. But some of the inappropriate things that kids are saying aren't necessarily untrue. It's just that they don't have that buffer. They don't realize that what they're saying isn't something everybody else knows. They, they think everybody knows this. And so, you know, I can also remember that at that time, and I'm just kind of buzzing through some things because we're actually a half hour in already. Um, you know, at that same time we lived in a house in St. Cloud, Florida, and uh, back when there was nothing there, our our family used to joke about it being Mayberry, like on Andy Griffith, and because uh, <laughs> it was just dirt roads and a very small town before Disney got there, you know. And uh, and we lived in this house that was um, I almost said born in 1819. It was built in 1819, and I can remember that I was really creeped out in my room. There was something in my closet, and I was really creeped out. And so I began really spending a lot of time up in the attic that was like a bedroom. It was all, it was finished in like a bedroom. And when I was up there, there started to, um, there was a rocking chair next to the bed. And so I'd sit up there and the rocking chair would rock. Physically, it would rock. And there was this old lady in it. And um, and I, I want to say, I mispronounced her name, but I believe it was, Alita or something like that it was it started with a C it wasn't Cecilia but it was something like that maybe just Celia and uh anyway she was this older lady and she would come and she would talk to me and it was a very difficult time in life because my parents my dad was kind of and still is kind of a butt he just very um just not very nice sometimes you know and uh and my mom was going for her master's degree so she was she was working and going to college and although she was a teacher and and so um you know i was with my dad a lot which i so i would just kind of escape up into the attic and talk to this lady and and so it was a very hard time for me because i was used to my mom being there and and she became one of my friends And I can remember my parents saying, there is no old lady up in the attic. What are you talking about? Who are you talking to? Because I would talk out loud to her. And and I remember my mom coming up and talking to me and being a little, like now that I look back, I can remember her face being very concerned. And they didn't let me go up in the attic anymore because they thought, you know, I, I guess they thought there was something wrong with me or they didn't know what was going on. It freaked them out no end apparently. And, But she was one of my very, she was my very dear friend, this old lady. And, and so for the longest time, they had me convinced there was nobody up in the attic. You know, um, we moved away from that house and, uh, and later on in life, my mom was very convinced there was, you know, it was just some imaginary friend or something. Well, in 2008, I did a vision quest with a wonderful man in Oklahoma, uh, Lakota man. And, uh. And so part of what happens in this vision quest process is that um, some elders and ancients and different people will channel through the person who's guiding you through it. And one of the people who came through was this lady that used to sit and talk to me in my attic. Now, this man had no way of knowing that was anything that ever happened. And she came through and she described exactly what I looked like, what the room looked like, and how, um, how we used to interact and how she's really been with me my whole life you know and so it was it was really reaffirming to see that okay I was yes there was really somebody there because I would see the rocking chair rock I would talk to this lady and know she was there and uh and so you know I think with with these psychic kids that that are coming through and that many of us are and were we get sort of questioned a lot and put down a lot and oh that's just crazy well just because Somebody else doesn't see it doesn't mean it's not there. Somebody else doesn't experience it doesn't mean it's not there. It means they're not tuned into it. So, you know, one of the other things that, um, you know, that would happen as I grew older, and again, we're just kind of skimming through things because there's so much to this topic. I'm going to try to get some other guests this week as well, and I think we're going to focus on this topic, uh, Growing Up Psychic, this week. Um But I'm going to move on into like the younger teens now and that kind of thing. Um, When I was in my young teens, we had a spirit in our house that, you know, we were playing around and we did a seance and, of course, we're calling some really hideous, horrible person because, well, that's just more fun, right? And so we, we call this this being and, you know, it was a soul that had passed away, but it was like a criminal soul and I don't know why we thought that would be a good idea, but... It created some kind of real shift in my home so that that night after everybody left, uh, when I was going to bed, the windows in the whole house began to shake. And the uh, I had a rocking chair in my room. I believe it was probably the same rocking chair from up in the attic in the other house, actually, now that I think about it. Um, and it just began to rock all across my room. Well, I'm completely freaked out because I'm maybe 15 or so, 14, 15. And and so I finally I get myself to sleep and I wake up and I see this girl standing over me and she's like in this wisp, in this vapor almost. And as I wake up, it's like she realized she got caught and she just kind of like a wisp of steam went up into the ceiling and and dissipated. She just, whoosh, she was gone. Well, now I'm so freaked out I can't sleep, right? (laughs) So this becomes a pattern. It's a nightly thing where this this girl shows up and and I'm completely freaked out by it not understanding it. Well I realized finally I, I realized that it was because of the seance that we kind of awoke this spirit that had been in the house and I don't I don't really know all the ins and outs of it still but it was something that I ended up having to deal with through my teens that we had this, this soul in the house. Now my mother never saw her. And so as a teen, I'm going, we got to get out of here. We got to move. There's a ghost in the house. This is creepy. And for some reason, that was the first time that I was physically seeing somebody. I hadn't really physically seen them. I had known they were there in my mind. I had had telepathic conversations, but they'd not visualized to me before um, in that physical where I was seeing them with my physical eyes. And so for some reason, that completely freaked me out. And, uh, And so this this being continued to appear, not only to me, but to some other people. They She was a very common thing to see around our house. And it really forced me into dealing with some things and dealing with uh, my perceptions and learning how to handle energy and that sort of thing when I was very young. Um, but my mother never saw her. So... In other words, sometimes we can be a parent and our kid can be having these experiences and I'm sure she thought I was a little crazy until some other people began seeing this being. You know, and maybe that's why she presented herself to other people as well so that I wasn't considered crazy. But how many kids are seeing things that don't feel comfortable talking about them now? How many, there's so much of that going on. Um, You know, we, we need to be aware that if they're saying they're seeing things or they, they're they having these experiences, odds are they are actually having those experiences. And just because you don't have it doesn't mean they're not. And uh, and we need to understand if we're the ones having the experience as kids, as teenagers, as whatever, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to um, express what's happening, but we have to do it in the right way to the right people. you know. And uh, so for me, going to my mom completely freaked out saying we have to move, was probably not the right way but I didn't know back then so you know it was a it was a very interesting time because then that was the time that I began to experience the effect that these these beings and other dimensions can have on you so when these ghosts or spirits are fe- whatever they're feeling like this one I believe was someone who committed suicide in the years I've checked to see what was the story really with that I believe she was somebody who committed suicide, and uh, so, you know, whether it be that I was going to go through a suicidal time, or whether I was feeling suicidal because she was around, I don't know which is which, is which. but very often we'll pick up the thoughts and feelings of these spirits or of these souls, and so I did go through a time where I was very suicidal. I was very, uh, it would have been fine just to be on the other side instead of this one, and that kind of thing, and... Because I was not understood. I wasn't understanding the energies running through me. I wasn't understanding a whole lot of things. And then I was empathically picking up the thoughts and feelings of these souls that were around. And, you know, over time, she was not the only one. There were lots and lots of souls that were around. And so we moved from, like, when I was a little kid just talking to them to them beginning to really affect my thoughts and feelings. And so... There's so much to say in so little time. So I'm trying to figure out which topics to hit on. So, you know, one of the reasons for bringing this up is the fact that just like when you're in a room full of people and you can pick up their thoughts and feelings, if they're kind of in a negative space, you sort of become more negative, that kind of thing. It's the same with the souls that are around. And so... Because no one was able to guide me, I fell into a lot of the thoughts and feelings that they had and went through a great depression um, because I didn't know how to handle that energy. And so over time, uh, people were guided into my life that were able to help me understand this and work with the energy a bit more and and not be as affected and, and understand how to keep my energy my own and keep it on a higher level so that I was not as attractive to these souls that were a little lost and they didn't really want to hang around with me as much. And so that's important, you know, to understand if we have these if we have kids with these abilities, if we have we need to get people into their lives that can help them understand how to work with these um with these different energies. And that's one of the things that happened with me was you know, growing up, it was amazing how different teachers and guides were pulled into my life so that I was able to understand what was happening and I was able to begin to learn how to work with whatever energy it was. So about this time, about 15 or 16, I started uh, channeling and I started consciously talking to the souls around people and giving them messages. And so... This was something that was really well accepted by some. And because I was in Florida, I was in the middle of the Bible Belt, um, was not always really accepted by the Christians. And, and so they kind of thought I was of the devil or whatever. And so that was a whole other um, side of things to deal with, is that, you know, here I am just doing what comes naturally and people are telling me I'm of the devil. And I'm not understanding because I'm not, I'm not dabbling in darkness. I'm not calling up the devil. I'm not I'm not doing any of those things, but because they didn't have the understanding, they they just naturally put it with, you know, this is of the devil because that's what church said. And in fact, what was happening was I was helping to resolve unfinished business between people who had passed on and people who were here. And so there were even some cases of, you know, people who their death was suspicious or they never really, the the family never really got the facts and that kind of thing. And even at this young age, I was able to connect with that soul and help them understand what really happened, give them the details of what really happened so that they knew, was it accidental? Was it not accidental? If it wasn't accidental, who was responsible? All of these different things. And I was able to help that grieving process and help them understand that that soul was okay. They've just shifted form now, you know, And over time, as we move into my 20s, we find that souls that were not okay were coming to me and asking for healing. In most cases, kids who had passed on because of abuse, neglect, um, really kind of not so nice things, which created that they were stuck here. They They were lost souls who were stuck on earth. And so I began kind of helping them through just being guided by these angels that had been with me my whole life telling me, okay, we just we just show them the love and the beauty that they are so that they can see that it's really okay now. They're out of that situation, whatever it was. and And so I began to learn how to, with the help of my angels, help these souls that were stuck. And this was this was i I would say probably 18 19 and then into my 20s i began to really refine the process and understand what was happening and um and so this would happen almost every night when i would go to sleep so i'd i'd go to work and i'd be exhausted <laughs> and my boss would be upset and well you can't really explain to your boss what was going on when it's something like that and so you know it was a it was a difficult dance that i was doing because I felt that what I was doing at night was very important, helping these souls move on, but you also have to earn a living. And I was tired of people saying I was of the devil when really all I wanted to do was spread light and share and and send love and help souls that were stuck and that kind of thing. So how could that be of the devil when I'm helping things into the light and I'm connecting with the angelic realm? And So really learning how to juggle everything that's happening and society's concepts of it and misconceptions and uh, it's it's a very challenging thing when you're growing up that way and I I would venture to say a lot of people who tune into a show like this probably understand what that what that can be like because you know or maybe you don't know but the the things that are going on are important. The things that you're doing are important even if everybody else is saying this doesn't really exist. You know, you're you're of the devil talking to souls that have died and that kind of thing. And, and so finding that space and holding your ground of knowing that you're walking in the light is so important. When you're growing up psychic and especially now what's happening, you have to understand that you're um, a bit of like a just sort of a a power plant or like a cell phone tower or whatever it is you'd like to. You're emitting this energy. You have these abilities, but it's, it's really noncommittal. You can decide which way you would like to take it, whether you would like to make this of the light, of the dark, or noncommittal, which leaves you open to just about anything. So we do have another caller that I'd like to pull over and hear what she has to say. All right. Hello, caller. You made it to the show. (laughs) Everybody, this is Jessica Sullivan, who is the owner and operator of Sacred Light of Sedona in Sedona, where I work. And she actually made it to a show. I'm so thrilled. Hello. How are you? (laughs) I am finding (laughs) that this is way too big a subject for one show. Way too big. Yeah. Yeah. I think.
2: when I saw the topic, I I laughed and I said, "Oh my gosh, that that is still my cue to call in."
0: <laughs> well, between you growing up psychic and you having all of these kids who are psychic, all of these kids—yeah, well, you have three kids. So, yeah. <clears throat> would you like to share with
2: us? Well, yes, you um, do. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and and because of the way I grew up. Um, you know, with being psychic or having these abilities that no one understood in my family. Um, and, you know, I did get a lot of the, uh, you know, you need to go to church more or you need to, uh, you know, get baptized again or, you know, I got all of this stuff because um, no one in my family really saw it as a gift of God. You know, it was right. really looked at as a negative thing. and Isn't that funny? And, yeah, and I just couldn't believe that, you know. It it didn't feel negative to me. It, you know, I saw angels and I saw all these different things. So, you know, knowing how I grew up and what I went through, I fully embraced my children, um, you know, and their psychic abilities and their other gifts, you know. I mean, not all of them are psychic, but they all have... You know their own gifts and their own ways, and it's fabulous to see and to be a part of, and to let them know that it's you know it's okay, it's accepted, okay. So, so you know this thing, you know, and and it's funny to hear my four-year-old Aiden say, you know, when I ask him, well, how did you know that, mommy? I'm psychic,
0: and I just I just crack up because I'm like, what do you know about being right. psychic? Right. Well, he knows it all. He's an amazing child. I love the picture. I really want to do something with that. We, anybody who is familiar with the ancient skulls, the thirteen ancient crystal skulls, we have a picture of her little four-year-old face to face with Einstein, which is one of the thirteen crystal skulls, and it's just the most precious. I love that picture. It's one of my favorite pictures ever. Just his face and his demeanor, and you know, and how many four-year-olds get to just hang out with the ancient crystal skulls? Right. You know, these kids really have this amazing life. It's so neat and and uh yeah, so it's it's kind of incredible. And your daughter now is walking kind of with both worlds because she's got you on one end that's very accepting and open and and then the other yeah. end is maybe not so much, right? She's, she's yeah, divided her, home. Well, her, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean her father is a Jehovah's Witness and um and that's you know, she lives with her dad. And um and, you know, well, there's us. And so um you know, she she's very careful when she's over with him and what she says and everything, but you know, I do get the phone calls of, Oh mom, I had this dream, you know, and and you know, she has dreams and they come true and, and she notices that and so you know, when she was here for the summer she came to work at the center and I remember her first day going she on the ride to work she's saying, Mom, what is this name? This name keeps popping up on my head and it wasn't a normal name. And I said, I don't know. You'll you'll find out, you know, throughout the day. Just ask your <coughs> angels to let it be known. And the very first customer who walked in, that was her name. <laughs> and uh yeah, and so she was shocked and and the more she worked, the more sensitive she was getting, you know, she was just allowing her gifts to come in because she wasn't afraid you know right. and and she's 15 you know so i was very proud of her for just opening up and and letting that happen and not being afraid you know not not allowing people to tell you that that you know this is of the devil or this is of whatever people are you know it's just fear you know they don't right. they don't know what else to say it's just fear so um having her understand that and not be upset at people either for you know for what they say um is really important i think
0: it is definitely i think that's another aspect of things is you know if we're tapping into the angelic realm and we're tapping into the light because there is also dark out there you know and that's why it's so important not to really shun kids who have this going on because what are you doing? You're going, oh, that's dark, that's dark, that's dark. Well, where are you pushing them? What are you telling well, them? You know, when there's just as much, if you're going to church, if you believe in God, if you, whatever it is that you do, right, then how is it so inconceivable that these gifts would be something that's brought to these children? That's that's something for, they're just connecting with that thing that you're saying is so real, but then mm-hmm. you're trying to tell them that, no, you can't connect with that, but, yeah, it's real. Well, that doesn't make any sense. How come you say I can connect with the dark, but I can't connect with the light? That Why? The dark is more welcoming than the light? That doesn't, right. It just doesn't make any sense, you know? And so what happens is we actually push these kids to a darker place than they would go normally, and we don't even give them the option in a lot of cases, like normal mainstream, you know, people who are acting out of fear, <clears throat> So what we need to do is start bringing them into the light, start understanding that, you know, just because you don't think you you experience it as a parent, as a teacher, as a whatever, doesn't mean they're not. And isn't it a beautiful gift that they've come to you and express that this is what's going on? And right. invite them into the light, invite them to connect with. I mean, if you're connecting with angels and these, and the thing is learning to define which side is which, you know, And I think we normally connect with the light, I believe, you know, and I think the dark is a learned thing. I don't think that's where we naturally go to when we're a kid. And so, because that's not even in our concept, we come in connected with the light in most cases. So, you know, like you have a little, little one who is very in touch, very in touch and he hasn't been taught about darkness. So if something that's of the dark comes near, man, he's screaming. Oh, he's yeah, he not does. having any part of that. <clears throat> he won't go, he when looks- we're in the center, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're in the center, um, if somebody is around that is not really walking in the light, he's out of there. He's in the back room. He's behind mom's legs. He's like, he knows. He's staying away from them. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, truth, I, it. It was a pleasure coming on. I'm on my way to drop Aiden into school. and Well, um, thank you so thank much. You, thank you for
0: pulling me over. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, and uh, I miss you as my producer on the show. <laughs> 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 All right, so tell Aiden to have a have wonderful you. day, and we'll talk to you later.
2: Okay, sure will. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Uh,
0: well, that was fun. So we used to do a show here on Blog Talk called, <clears throat> excuse me, called The Mystic's Place, and Jessica was my producer on that one, and so it was us yakking back and forth. But now she's super, super busy with her center again, Sacred Light of Sedona. So if you're in Sedona, drop by, and if you're planning a trip to Sedona, check out the website at sacredlightofsedona.com. See what we've got going on, and you know we'll be having some events as the season picks back up again, and different classes. And you know if you want a reading with me or Jessica, Jessica's an amazing reader. Um, she had a great teacher she was my student (laughs) and uh, she does phenomenal energy work so we have a lot of different stuff going on there if you're going to be in Sedona you know check it out again sacredlightofsedona.com and uh, and so yeah so you know Jessica is a really good example of a lot of you know yes there are a lot of mainstream families out there that are not understanding that are medicating their kids. That <clears throat> um, and we actually have a video that I did channeling. I channel a group called the Council uh, that's just a, a huge number of off world beings, or ETs as people would call them, um, from many, many different places that are very enlightened and here, tapping into the energy of Earth to try and help us raise the consciousness, to try and help us move through this shift and change in a healthy manner. So they're very enlightened, very positive beings, but they are also very honest. And so we have a video that um, we put together from one of the channelings that is about the kids who are coming through. And I think what I'll do is post the link for that on the uh, on the show description today so you can check that video out. And uh, it's very interesting what these off-world beings have to say about what's going on with the kids that are coming through now. And, uh, you know, while there are lots of families who don't understand, there are also many, many families who do. And so, to those families, I want to offer encouragement. And, uh, there are people out there who would like to help and teach and, and whatnot, help guide your children. It's important for you as the parent to be particular about who you connect your child with to learn from. I watch some of these TV shows, well, I don't watch. I tap into some of these TV shows here and there and I can only make it through a few minutes, but of the like the psychic kids and that kind of thing and, and I'll probably get I don't know, could probably get in trouble for this, but it's my opinion, just my opinion. Um I see them creating more problems than helping. And it's very frustrating because the parents aren't listening to their gut instinct. I actually know a family who psychic kids came to and wanted to do a show about their kids and and their kids were in tune enough to go, no, I don't want anything to do with this. You know, I don't want any part of this. And so I worked with those kids and, um, and helped them understand how it can just be a natural thing. It, doesn't, it just is a natural part of who you are. It doesn't have to be a thing that we blow up into this big emotional drama for TV purposes and selling ad space. You know, it's a process. It's a part of your child that they need to learn how to develop and cherish and honor and it should be cherished and honored and in turn, they help you see that you have the same gifts inside. They may be um, expressed differently. We all have different manners of, of perception, but we all have these gifts. The kids coming through today are like these gifts intensified and multiplied many times, but... But we also have them, so they can actually be our greatest teachers. And so it's important for the parents who don't understand to open their minds and allow themselves to learn a bit more about your child and how they work. And the parents who do get that your child has this and you want to honor it, find people who are reliable, who are of integrity, who actually – and these other people may be of integrity, but maybe they don't know what they're doing. You have to go with your gut and trust that gut feeling and trust your kids' gut feeling. You know, and uh and so if you have questions, if I can guide you at all, certainly uh themysticaltruth.com. I'm happy to, you know, you can just connect with me there or call or and follow me here. I think we're gonna take this this uh topic all week because it I was thinking I could really do a good show with it and I'm finding that we were really only able to skim the surface. So if you know people with kids like this If you know parents going through this, if you know young adults who are handling this, please encourage them to listen to this show and call in this week or even just uh, through Facebook or a message here on Blog Talk. Write their questions out. Let me know what topics under this category they would like covered, what you would like to learn about when it comes to growing up psychic, and I'll be more than happy to cover that. We did miss our meditation today. Um, so we will make sure to do that tomorrow, and I apologize for that. And uh, I do want to um, really thank some of the people that work. I want to make sure that I get these thank yous out. There's, you know, Spring Rain Peony, who we talk about her cookbook and her holistic line an awful lot. Eat conscious and be merry is her cookbook, and Holistic Naturals is her line. And uh, so Holistic Naturals Co. dot com, just to give her website a plug. But she's one who has, over the years, helped me work with these kids. And and it's been an amazing experience. Spring has a very fairy-like energy. She's very tiny. And kids see her as one of them. And so we've been able to really connect with and work with kids from a very young age. And while she works with the kids to help them understand who their angels are and how to talk to them and have this be a regular, okay part of life and when it's okay to say something, when it's not, that sort of thing, um I work with the parents helping them understand their child and helping them understand how to sort of accept this in a different perspective and and it's been a really neat team and Jessica who called in also is my other my other sidekick <laughs> and uh you know we're working with a lot more young adults and and teens and and the kids are coming into the center now more and more and the parents wanting to understand them and and so I really want to thank those two people um for being there and opening up and and really going out on a limb to uh, help these kids and help these parents. And if you're somebody who's sort of struggling with that or you're somebody who would like to be of assistance in that whole issue of, of how to help these kids, contact us, you know, either way. And uh, so I do want to thank you all for joining us. We've got about a minute left. And uh, I just want to say, I suppose, that you know, perspective is only how we see things. Reality is only our perspective of things. And so when we're dealing with people who perhaps see things differently, whether we're somebody who is psychic and deals with this kind of thing, and we don't understand the people who haven't tapped into that, or whether you're somebody who hasn't tapped into the psychic side of you or understanding your child's psychic side, and you're you're trying to understand their side we have to be tolerant of one another understand that we have so much to learn from one another the people who are walking on this psychic side of things are actually trying to figure out how to function in the normal everyday world while not stuffing their gifts in the closet and the people who are walking on the mainstream side are kind of trying to tap into the psychic side so we have a lot to offer each other so I encourage everybody to start talking more openly and understanding each other and and uh, any way that I can help. So I hope you'll join us tomorrow. We're just about out of time and we will continue this subject, Growing Up Psychic. And uh, again, I encourage calls. So if you all know somebody who might want to call in and share or have questions, please encourage them to do so. And uh, everybody have a wonderful day. Nice deep breath. We didn't do our... We didn't do our meditation, but we can take a nice deep breath together and just see that beautiful light of creation all around us and know that we are one and love you, and I'll see you tomorrow.